Welcome to the St. Matt's 6pm podcast, where you can listen to sermons from our evening service. I have the Bible reading now. I'm going to read an Old Testament reading and then a New Testament reading, both about the Holy Spirit. The first reading is from the book of Ezekiel in the Old Testament, chapter 37 beginning at verse 1. So it's Ezekiel chapter 37, beginning at verse 1. The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you, and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you, and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come breath from the four winds and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me and breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. They say, our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says, my people, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from them. I will put my spirit in you and you will live and I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and I have done it declares the Lord. Our second reading comes from the New Testament, from the Gospel of John. It's John chapter 14, and we're about halfway through the chapter. John chapter 14, beginning at verse 15. John chapter 14, beginning at verse 15. Jesus, speaking to his disciples, says this. If you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. 
On that day you will realize that I am in my Father and you are in me and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father and I too will love them and show myself to them. Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Well, good evening all. Uh, My name's Ron. It's great to be with you tonight and wherever you are. uh, Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Before I came here and, and joined the staff team here at St Matt's, uh, I was ministering in another context and a lot of the ministry that I did was to youth and to young adults. And I found that they had a particular question that they would ask from time to time and that question was, do you believe in the Holy Spirit? And it was a little bit offensive. They didn't ask, what do you believe about the Holy Spirit? But do you believe? And at times I wanted to respond in what would have been a passive-aggressive type way by saying, look, don't, don't you know the fifth article of religion according to the Anglican religion? You can see it there on the screen. Or I could have said, when we say the creed, what do you think I mean by the phrase, I believe or we believe in the Holy Spirit? But if I did that, I would have missed the point they weren't actually asking what my doctrinal position was, whether I believed or not, but what my experience of the Holy Spirit was. Do I actually believe that the Holy Spirit is present with me today in some sort of practical and tangible way? Well, as Emily said, today we begin a four-week series on the Holy Spirit. He, not it, is foundational to our life as believers. And this is really, really important. As Emily said, we're kicking off a year thinking about uh, what it means to reach our potential in Christ or what it means to be lifelong disciples of Jesus. But we can't do that without God's gracious gift of the Holy Spirit. And so it's good to take a few weeks to intentionally spend some time thinking about the Holy Spirit and reminding ourselves of who he is and what he does. And as we'll see tonight, there's just really two things I want you to pick up tonight. The first is that the Holy Spirit is God in us, and the second is that the Holy Spirit is God transforming us. So let's first consider the Holy Spirit as God in us. Our Old Testament reading uh, from Ezekiel is just a fantastic reading and uh, thank you Chris for bringing it to life as, as a passage like that should be brought to life when that's what it's all about. 
But that passage from Ezekiel shows us that the Holy Spirit was promised from long ago. The Holy Spirit is essential to God's plan for the world and not simply an add-on to it. Ezekiel lived in a time where God's people had been taken into captivity. And earlier in the book of Ezekiel, Ezekiel had a vision of God leaving the temple. And that was really significant because the temple was God's physical place on earth. And so for Ezekiel to see God leaving that temple was devastating, leaving his earthly home. But here in Ezekiel 37, God gives Ezekiel another vision, a vision of hope, a vision of new life, a vision of God's presence with his people. In it, dry bones come to life. And God tells Ezekiel that just as those bones come to life, he is going to give new life to his people. And in this promised age of resurrection, God says to Ezekiel in verse 14 that I will put my spirit in you and you will live. God left the temple, but God isn't leaving his people. The resurrection age is ushered in by Jesus' resurrection. And 50 days after Jesus' resurrection, the Holy Spirit is given in a really powerful way on the day of Pentecost. God comes amongst his people on that day, enabling people to hear the message of Jesus in their own native language. And this is the day that Jesus is referring to in John 14 in our second reading. In John 14 verse 16, Jesus says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and to be with you forever, the spirit of truth. No longer is God's presence just restricted to a building as it was for Israel. And it's not even only restricted to a person as it was for those earliest believers. The Holy Spirit is God's way of being with all his people for all time. But really importantly, this isn't to leave Jesus behind. It's not like the age of Jesus was just up till his resurrection and then we forget about him and move on to the Spirit. Have a look at verse 23 of John 14. Jesus says, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. Our experience of the Spirit is neither separate from nor additional to our experience of the Father and the Son. The Spirit is God's Spirit. We don't wait for the Spirit to come. We don't urge him to come into us or seek some extra blessing by which we have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came to fill believers on the day of Pentecost and believers since then have received the Holy Spirit as they put their faith and trust in Jesus. The Holy Spirit, God's Spirit, never leaves his people. He is God's personal presence in us. He is our comfort. He is our strength. He is our enabler. He is our helper. So what experience should we expect of the Holy Spirit? I've got three categories I want you to think about uh, tonight as we think about what experience we should expect 
of the Holy Spirit. And the first one is that the Holy Spirit can manifest himself in ways that are extraordinary. Now, these experiences for Christians tend to be occasional experiences. I have two such experiences in my life that I would put into this extraordinary category that are very different to anything else I've experienced. One was in my early 20s, the other in my mid-30s. And you might experience these manifestations more regularly than that. You might experience them less. You might not experience the Holy Spirit quite like this. The first one for me was a vague message that I received that was for someone else. It meant little to me but a lot for them. And I still to this day don't understand the fullness of that message but I know from the other person that it was very significant for them. The second one was a strong impression that I received as I was praying that served as an encouragement for me to do something that I felt God calling me to do that I felt ill-equipped for and that I knew I didn't have the capacity to do. It was a message of encouragement. On neither time did I seek these experiences out, but I wasn't freaked out by them either. To determine whether they were from God or whether they were just my own hunch, I was instructed to follow 1 John chapter 4, which helps us to discern whether a spirit is the spirit of God. 1 John 4 says this, Every spirit that acknowledges Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. And here's the simple test I was taught. Is my experience pushing me toward Jesus? Jesus who came in the flesh, the human Jesus, the God-man. Is it pushing me towards him or is it pushing me away from him? Is it reinforcing and reminding me of what I discover about Jesus as he's been revealed in scripture Or is it taking me to a different place? When we're getting nudged towards Jesus, we can be pretty confident it's the Spirit of God doing the nudging. But when we're being nudged away from Jesus, we want to be really careful about that. We want to resist that Spirit because that's not what the Holy Spirit does. He points us toward Jesus. Well, that's the first way that the Holy Spirit can manifest in extraordinary ways. The second way is in what I call special ways. These are just my categories. You might have different words for them. But by this I mean that we experience something like an additional strengthening or perhaps the Holy Spirit brings words out of our mouth that we couldn't say, that we didn't even know we had in them and suddenly we're like, whoa, where did that come from? Or perhaps the Holy Spirit intervenes in a particular situation that we know that we were unable to change. And general Christian experience, I think, is that these things happen sometimes. They don't happen every day for most Christians, but they happen sometimes. When Jesus was talking to his first disciples about their coming persecution, he says this in Mark chapter 13. Whenever you're arrested and brought to trial, do not worry beforehand about what to say. Just say whatever is given to you at the time, for it is not you speaking, but the Holy Spirit. Don't be surprised if you experience the Holy Spirit giving you words to say, particularly 
when you're professing faith in Christ, when you're witnessing about him. I wouldn't be surprised if we experienced this manifestation of the Spirit more when we faced persecution because that's what Jesus seems to be saying to those original disciples, that God's Spirit will be in you and give you the words to say, to testify. Well, that's the second way. But the third way is the way that the Holy Spirit manifests mostly. And this is in our ordinary day-to-day life. Now, this is really important, what I'm going to say. Listen to this. The fact that it happens every day doesn't make the experience any less valuable. The glass of water that I may drink may not seem like much at the time, but try living without water. The Holy Spirit works in us day by day to transform us. In verse 17, the Holy Spirit is given the name the Spirit of Truth. Truth matters. But truth only really matters when it becomes applied, when it becomes lived out. I learnt very on that 2 plus 2 equals 4, for example, that's truth. But it's only when it's worked out in my life that it really has any application. It's only when I don't settle for two $1 coins that the cashier tries to give me as my change when I need $4 that I've understood and applied that truth and lived it out in my life. Truth about God matters also and the Holy Spirit helps integrate that truth into our life so we can live it out. And it's not new truth or new revelation that the Holy Spirit brings but a reminder of the things that Jesus has taught, a reminder of the things that God has already revealed to us in Scripture. Verse 26 of John 14 But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. The Holy Spirit takes the truth revealed by Jesus and works it out in our lives to bring transformation. And often this is a gradual thing. And here's the thing, sometimes we think that the Holy Spirit isn't at work in us because we don't see the gradual day-by-day transformation. A few years ago, uh, Julie and I were on holidays up at Burley Heads, one of our favourite holiday places, and on this particular occasion we were jogging together and just jogging along the path near the beach there at Burley. And uh, as we were jogging along, there was lots of other joggers coming towards us. But one particular jogger caught my attention. And he caught my attention because some distance away, he started waving and became quite animated. And I'm wondering what's going on. Is he trying to get our attention for some particular reason? But as he got closer, he slowed down and he stopped and he started talking to Julie. And I'm looking going... Who is this guy? What's, what's going on? Is this some connection from Julie's work that I don't know? What's going on? And it was an embarrassing amount of time before I realised that the man that Julie was talking to was a friend of ours who I just hadn't seen for a few years, who she hadn't seen for a few years. But I didn't recognise him because of the physical transformation that he'd undergone. I couldn't tell it was him until for some time. Even after Julie used his name a couple of times, I'm still not getting it. 
gradual transformation. For those who lived with him, they might not have seen it day by day. But for me, who hadn't seen him for a few years, it was so noticeable. And so it often is with the Holy Spirit. You might not notice the day-by-day work that the Holy Spirit is doing in you, but that doesn't mean transformation is not taking place. Let's believe that God, by his Spirit, is transforming us day-by-day. That in 12 months' time, you, you will look different because of some of the things that you've put in place in your life and the way the Holy Spirit's been using those things to transform you. Let's believe that if someone didn't see us for years, they might not be struck by the physical transformation, or they might be, but that might be a different story, but that they would be struck by the inner transformation, by the work of the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit will work in us, that we might become almost unrecognisable to those who haven't seen us for some time. This is why it's really important that we continue to submit ourselves to God's word in church services like this, in Bible studies and in our personal devotion. The Holy Spirit doesn't grow us in a vacuum but rather grows us through the word of God by reminding us of what it is that God has said. He reminds us of the truth that God has revealed in Scripture. And as we submit ourselves to God's work, the Spirit is at work transforming us. You might not see it straight away, but it doesn't mean he's not doing his work. As we listen to God's word, as we engage with God's word, the Spirit reminds us of God's truth. As a preacher, it's amazing how frequently someone tells you what they heard you saying in a sermon. And when they say that to me, I think to myself, I didn't say that. And it's not because they were listening to a podcast, maybe, but mostly not. And it's not because they were just like dazing out and and thinking about other things, daydreaming. It's because the Spirit took the Word of God and applied it in their lives that they heard the thing they needed to hear in that moment related to the Word of God. The same thing happens when we read scripture. And have you had this experience where suddenly something jumps off the page at you? You're like, I've never seen that before. And the Spirit's taking God's word and in that moment beginning that transformation experience in you. The Spirit of God bringing truth to life, transforming life. This is the work that the Spirit does day by day by day in his people. Taking God's truth and applying it to our lives. When we're down, the Spirit gives us comfort by reminding us that Jesus said, I will never leave you or forsake you. When we're in trouble, the Spirit reminds us of God's truth that gives us courage by reminding us that Jesus said, don't be troubled, I have overcome the world. When we're tempted to store up for ourselves, The Spirit brings truth to us by reminding us of Jesus' words where he said it is better to give than to receive. And so the Spirit in that moment does his work of transforming us to be more and more generous. 
when we're full of joy and self-confidence, when we're on a spiritual high, the Spirit reminds us of the truth of who we really are and, and of the need for humility. And he might do that by reminding us that Jesus once said to his disciples when they were on a spiritual high, don't rejoice that the Spirit submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in the book of heaven. When we're feeling weak and weary, the Spirit brings God's word to life and transforms us by reminding us that Jesus said, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And there again, in that moment, the Spirit is doing his transforming work in us. Do I believe in the Holy Spirit? Absolutely. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Godhead. Do I experience the Holy Spirit day by day By God's grace, the Spirit of God is transforming me. He lives in me day by day. Even if I don't experience it or feel it and even if I don't acknowledge it, the Holy Spirit, by God's grace, is doing his transforming work. And the same is true for you if you follow Jesus. The Holy Spirit is doing his transforming work in you, making you more and more like him. And I know that's true because Jesus tells us that for those who love him, the Father and the Son, we come and make our home in the believer. And so if you follow Jesus, the Spirit of God lives in you. And if you follow Jesus, the Spirit of God is transforming you. Don't lose heart. Don't think you need the rare experience. Know that God's Spirit is at work in you, transforming you day by day. Don't lose heart. Take courage. God is in you. God is transforming you. Let me pray. Lord God, thank you for your gracious gift of the Holy Spirit. Thank you that you live in us to remind us of all truth, to encourage us in all things and to transform us into the likeness of Jesus. May your spirit continue to do his work in each of us this year and we pray that it will be that people who we don't see for some years, we will see them again and they'll be struck not by some outer transformation but by the inner transformation that you have done and that they'll be struck by that, not for our good, but for your glory. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. St Matt's West Penn Hills 6pm congregation is a collection of people who want to be changed by Jesus to have a deeper connection with God deeper community with one another and deeper concern for our world. We'd love you to join us on a Sunday soon. For all the details, check out our website at stmats.org.au and be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss a sermon.